Welcome to Illuminating the Scriptures, a study of Nevi'im. In this series, we explore the words of the prophets and delve into the meaning and significance of these sacred texts. Sefer Yeshaya, the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. This prophecy takes place many years after the previous prophecy. The previous prophecy, whichever way you interpret verse 1 of chapter 6, it's at least in the days of Uziah. After Uziah, there was a king, Yaisam, and here we're in chapter 7, we're in the days of Ahaz. Verse 1. It was the days of Ahaz, the son of Yaisam, the son of Uziah, Melech Yudah, king of Judah. Allah Ritsin Melech Aram. It came up, that means it came up upon, to attack Judah, Ritsin, the king of Aram. Ufekach ben Remalyo, Fekach ben Remalyo, Melech Yisrael, who was the king of Israel, the northern kingdom. Yerushalayim, they came to Jerusalem, to do battle against her. And he was not able to do battle against against Judah. That means Pekach ben Ramalio, who's the primary king over here, who's trying to do battle against Judah, was unsuccessful. Interestingly, here in the book of Isaiah, it doesn't give us the full picture that we get in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 28. Even in the book of Kings, Second Kings chapter 16, where it speaks about this, it also doesn't give us the full picture. In Second Chronicles chapter 28, we see that there was a, this was a devastating invasion which, in which it, Judea suffered a terrible defeat. And the only thing that the enemy, that the king of Aram and the king of Israel, the northern kingdom, was not successful, was in capturing Jerusalem itself. Here the focus seems to be just on Jerusalem, as if God is only interested in the remnant that remained in Jerusalem. It was told unto the house of David, saying, Nocha Aram al-Ephraim, Aram settled on Ephraim, meaning to say is that the people from Aram, which is present-day Syria, joined up with Ephraim, which is the northern kingdom. Vayona Levavai, and his heart moved. We're talking about the heart of the people of the house of David. Levav Amai, and the heart of his nation. Kinoya Atzeyar, like the movement of the trees of the forest, Ruach, because of a wind. Meaning to say is, the people of the house of David became very frightened from this joining of forces between Aram and Ephraim, who were their enemies. Verse 3, The Lord spoke to Yeshaya, to the prophet Isaiah, Tzena, please go, or go now, Likras Ahaz, towards Ahaz, Ata, you, Oshar Yashuv, Benecha. Shar Yashuv is a proper name of Isaiah's son. You and Shar Yashuv, your son. Now, Isaiah had several sons. We will speak more about them soon. Their names had meaning. God told Isaiah to name his son specific names to give certain message, messages to the people of Israel. Sha'ar Yashav literally means a remnant shall return, which signifies that the focus of this prophecy is for the remnant, for the righteous people, the core that was spoken of in the end of chapter 6, that trunk of holy seed. This is who God is really focused on. El Kitsay to Allah Sabrecha Aliyah, you know? 
this is, I'm continuing reading the verse, go out, he's telling Isaiah to go out to the end of the ditch of the upper pool, El Mesilas Sedechaves, to the path of the field of the washer. This is a place, it seemed like it was some open place in the book of Kings. We see how Sancheribs, the king of Assyria's messenger, stood there and addressed the people of Jerusalem. It seemed like this was an open place near the city of Jerusalem. And this is where God tells the prophet he will find King Ahaz. Verse 4. God is telling the prophet, this is what you shall tell him. Hishomer v'hashket. Hishomer means stay put v'hashket and be tranquil. Altira, do not be scared. Ulvavcha al yerach, your heart should not be softened. In other words, don't be fearful. Mishnei zan v'yisaudim, from the two remnants of firebrands, ha'ashen mo'ela, these smoking ones. Bacharyaf, with the anger. The, uh, the fury, the blazing fury. That means they're smoking with the blazing fu- fury of Ritzin Varam. Ritzin is the king, Varam is the nation. Uvenramalyo, and he's the king, the Benramalyo is the king of the northern tribes. In other words, God is the message to Ahaz, the wicked king, is that he shouldn't be scared and he has nothing to fear from, from the anger of these kings that are described as the remnants of smoking firebrand, you see wood that's smoking, it, it could look frightening, but eventually the fire goes out and there's nothing to be scared of. Yeah, because Kiyatz Alecha Aram Ra'a, Aram has counseled, has taken counsel, or evil counsel against you. Ephraim, that's the, 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 one of the names given to the northern tribes, Uvenramal, it was the chief tribe, the main tribe was Ephraim, that's one of Joseph's children. Uvenramalyo, Lamar, and Benramalyo saying, this was their counsel. This is the counsel is now going to be described in verse 6. Nala Yehuda, these are the words of the king of Aram to the people of Ephraim, to the king of Ephraim, and this is their plan for Judah. Nala Yehuda, let's go up against Judah, Unkitsena, and we'll arouse them into battle. V'navkiena elen will divide it up amongst ourselves. V'namlich melech b'seicha, let us uh, make a king in her midst. Ace ben Taval. Ben Taval, it seems like uh, it could be a proper name or it could be the one who's good in our eyes. But the idea is they had their idea of who they wanted to be king of Judah. They wanted to utterly eradicate the Judean kingdom. And it shouldn't be it shouldn't be there shouldn't be such a kingdom anymore. Kayamar Hashem Alekim, I'm reading verse seven. So says the Lord God, It will not come about, nor will it happen. It, this plan cannot be. In other words, the kingdom of David is going to last. There's no way that the kingdom of David will fall apart. Now it's interesting is that this is a message to to one of the most wicked kings in the history of the dynasty of David. But the chapter began with by reminding us that this Ahaz, this wicked king, was a son of two righteous kings, Yaisam and Uziyahu. And this gives us to understand that the Davidic dynasty, God has hope for it. There are righteous kings, yes, there are wicked kings, there are going to be even more wicked kings, but there's going to be righteous kings. And it's for the sake of the righteous kings that God is not going to allow the Davidic dynasty to be destroyed. And this is God's promise to King David. Kirosh Aram Damesek, the, the leadership or the head of Aram is Damasek, that's Damascus, 
Perosh Damasak and the leadership of Damascus is written, that was the king of Aram, over Oid Shishim Bechame Shana. In yet 65 years, Yechas Ephraim Me'am, Ephraim will be broken from being a nation. In other words, instead of Judah being eradicated and eliminated from being a nation, Ephraim will be the one that's eradicated. The count of these 65 years is from the prediction of Amos, of Amos, which in, in, in chapter 7 of the book of Amos, verse 11, he predicts that Israel will go into exile. And the understanding is that this took, there was, that was a, from that prophecy until it actually happened was a 65 year period. Verse 9. And the leadership of Ephraim, which is a reference to the 10 tribes, Ephraim being the main family of the, fam- of the tribe of Joseph. Shemrain, so Shemrain, the leadership of Ephraim, the leadership of the ten tribes, the northern kingdom, is Shemrain, Samaria, that's the capital. Shemrain, the leader of Samaria, the leader of Shemrain, is Benramalio, and that's the leader of Benramalio, is the king, and that's the leader of Shemrain. And again, we said in verse 8 that this leadership is going to be destroyed. Im loisaminu. If you do not believe this, or perhaps, I know you do not believe this, God is telling Ahaz, the wicked king, that's because you cannot be trusted. People who are not honest, people who cannot be trusted, they don't trust anybody, they don't even trust the prophet in the name of God. So, in other words, the prophet's telling him, just because you don't believe me, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with your issue with the concept of trust. The upshot of this passage is that we have a promise to the house of David, they're going to last. The house of David is going to last no matter how threatening, how powerful her enemies seem to be. And even the wickedness of the house house of David will not stand in the way of God's promise to David.